everyone, and welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. I'm Dan, and of course, the co-host with the co-hostess with the mostest, Charlie Chase. Charlie, what's happening, brother? What you doing, buddy? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, kind of pumped for this episode. I'll be, I know. I'll be honest. I, yeah, I know. We so uh, we didn't have this one planned out in advance like we did some of the other episodes. So we were talking uh early last week i guess trying to decide what we were going to do this week and we had it between uh two different movies yeah and uh we chose this one here uh as you can see on the title of this episode it of course is the kurt russell film soldier charlie i know you really like soldier i love this movie man i really do uh, <laughs> this one just hits on every note for me. Uh, it's just one of my favorites. All right. So instead of us bumbling through a synopsis, we're just going to play this instead. He was programmed from birth to be part of the most invincible army in history. But like all scientific advancements... They're practically manufactured using DNA profiles. He was destined to become obsolete. More endurance, better hand-eye. It's a whole different standard. What do we do with him? Waste disposal. His training had prepared him for anything. Except this. Now, on a remote planet, a community of outcasts faces extermination i want that planet secured by 0600 what about our position they will be officially classifiable as hostiles find weapons and prepare to fight you have to organize this for this soldier it may be too late to feel human how do you know they'll be back because they're soldiers like me but it's never too late to be a hero i'm going to kill them all all right, and that's uh, an excerpt from the trailer for Soldier. I even Charlie, love the tra- I love the trailer to this movie too. <laughs> yeah, the trailer is actually really cool. Um, so this is the 1998 action film um, by Paul W. S. Anderson. A lot of times you just know him as Paul Anderson. Uh, but uh, well, had, no, uh, everybody calls him Paul W. S. Anderson. Uh, well, yeah, this one, yeah, and but some of the other stuff it, it comes out as just paul anderson yeah but we're talking the resident evil guy this guy's name is synonymous with these sci-fi horror action pack Uh, yes so i guess he made his directorial debut in 94 with shopping which i don't know what shopping is he's known as paul anderson on that one and then in 95 mortal Kombat. (laughs) yeah which hey okay the new Mortal Kombat came out between us doing these episodes. Yeah, that's actually a really good segue because we didn't plan this. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. what do you think about that Mortal Kombat? I absolutely loved it. I I loved everything they did. It gave me what I wanted. I don't go watching a movie called Mortal Kombat for this in-depth Oscar-driven cast or story. I loved every minute of it. It gave me what I what I wanted and expected. That being said, it actually did have some decent story elements to it, and some of the acting was not 
awful at all. No. Um, I mean, Kano stole the show, in my opinion. 100%. 100% between Uh, Kano and Cabal and Kung Lao. I could watch a a buddy cop movie with those three (laughs) the whole time. I would love it. You know what I really, I kind of want a prequel now of the Scorpion character uh, before he was killed. Look, I'll, okay, I'll, so, okay, wait. Spoiler alert. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I, yeah, whatever. Look, if you haven't seen it yet, you're probably not going to watch it. It's, yeah. Come on. But, you know, before he got killed at the beginning of there, I want to see how much of a badass he was before he was Scorpion, quote unquote Scorpion. I, I loved that feudal Japan, China. I loved all that. Even, the even awesome. the people that hated the movie. Love that beginning sequence. It was I, really that was, cool. That was perfection. I understand why they uh, released that little seven-minute part of the movie early to yeah, really kind I, of grab people. I didn't watch it. I waited oh, until the I movie. I didn't either. I yeah, waited until the movie the came thing. out, and but I get it. Um, I I enjoyed it. I really did. You know, yeah. that's I thought may, it was we, really really good. Yeah, we may have to do a review on Mortal Kombat. You know, the '95 version one day. But yeah, um, just a little, a little thing, but, uh, yeah, just want to throw it out there real quick. Really liked that. Anyway, uh, Paul Anderson did Mortal Kombat. He did, um, uh, after that he did event horizon and soldier. Yep. Uh, and that was, he was all known as Paul Anderson. It says here on IMDb. Uh, obviously we don't know these by heart, uh, year wise. Uh, but then he broke into the resident evil stuff in 2002, did alien versus predator, did death race, which again, I loved this Death, version of death, death race, race is awesome real good uh he did all the resident evil stuff for the most part and most recently monster hunter which also uh, was really fun it's a video game movie don't read a whole lot into it i didn't see it i i, I bought it for dad for his birthday which actually this is funny we're having conversation that's going to come back around here in a minute mm-hmm. um and what what we usually do on our birthdays uh, we have it here at the house. We cook out or do something and we watch a movie. A lot of times if it's the kids, it's a family movie that just came out. Cause we have every streaming service. Just about dad. Yeah, tell me about it. Dad and mom have the worst Wi-Fi ever. You know, it, it, they don't even bother with it. They're on that. Well, full, full disclosure. They live on top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. <sighs> Kinda, but, um, <laughs> so on dad's birthday, it was well, dad's like, Hey, there's a monster movie out that came out. Can the kids watch it? And I'm like, are you talking monster hunter? He goes, yeah, do you have that one yet? And I'm like, oh, well, it's one of your birthday presents. I guess I'll go ahead and hand it to you. And he just had this big, like <laughs> shit eating grin on his face. Like, ah, so we watched monster hunter for his birthday and we had a blast watching it. Even the kids, the kids enjoyed it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I, I've, I've dabbled with the game a little bit. Um, and I wasn't super into it, so I've never, I I've never played the game. I didn't super get into the idea of watching the movie either. But um, you know, it, it's it's joining uh, him and, and Mila uh, Jolovich back together again from all you know because all the Resident Evil stuff they did together. Obviously, him directing her that, so it makes sense that they did. He had her in something else because that's just that seems to be. I like the directors that have their go to people their go-to cast and stuff like the go-to actors and, and uh, them two have done multiple movies together now. Yeah. You want to know why? Sure. 
they're married. Oh, well, that, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, that makes sense then. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're married, yeah. got like two or three kids, something like that. Um, yeah. So Mila Jolovich, if it's a West, you know, Anderson movie, that's, that's what they're going to do. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, you know, uh, now I know. And knowing <laughs> is most of the battle. Anyway. It is. All right. So the 1998 film soldier, I'll get into some of the statistics real quick. Uh, the budget estimated was $60 million for this movie. Huge budget, a huge, huge budget. budget. Yeah. Uh, it made, uh, under 6.5 million on its opening weekend in October of 98. Uh, worldwide gross was only fourteen million five ninety four two two six. So this is a bomb. This in yeah. every sense of the word, uh, commercially a huge bomb. It really hurt Warner Brothers, Morgan Creek when they put this one out. It 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 did not do well. Well, um, do, do you know what Kurt Russell's paycheck was on this? No, I what was it? 20 million they couldn't even pay for the lead actor i don't get it either because we we're going to i mean we're getting into the movie obviously but i really dug this flick um the soundtrack was a whole bunch of nothing mostly because you didn't need a big soundtrack on this one no in 98 99 2000 you were getting those pretty large soundtrack movies i thought too like you know bad boys and stuff like that would come out with some demolition man came out had sting you know yeah. as the big theme and stuff for it so this didn't do this this was really a in my opinion a real classic um sci-fi action movie i mean it was pretty you know uh, to me it had a, a little bit of a feel of some of the uh later 70s 80s action gritty movies almost like um what's the one with sean connery Was it out uh outcast outland oh outlander, outlander. outlander. yeah kind of had a little bit of a feel to that but Kurt Russell, we were talking about this earlier too. Kurt Russell is one of those action stars that a lot of people don't really think about as being an action star. I think not unless you're a fan of his, but yeah, he's to me, he's way up there as far as, you know, with the, the greats of the action movie. I well, mean, let's see Tango and cash Tango and cash with Stallone. He was yeah. snake Plissken and two escape from New York movies. Right. Um, not so much action, but he was in John Carpenter's the thing. Yep. Um, uh, uh, executive decision, executive decisions, fantastic. And there's a little, uh, Easter egg and soldier for that movie as well. Um, okay. yeah. Oh, dude, I love this flipping well, movie, man. I can tell you, not to anything. mention Stargate, Stargate, Stargate was a big one. Um, and the action blockbuster backdraft. There you go again. There it's you action, go again. It's an action movie, sir. So. Kurt Russell uh, again like I said Kurt Russell uh, some people don't you know think of him as a big action star because of things like overboard and and then all the stuff he did as a Disney kid you know when he was younger but like he's really done a lot of action movies dude he has I I have always liked Kurt Russell um I can't really think of a movie he's ever done that I didn't really nothing outside of a you know chick flicks or something like that that I may not know of but I love watching overboard I think Overboard's it's great. Flipping hilarious. Um, yeah, that's phenomenal. He was so good in Guardians 2. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, even was, down to Captain Ron. Uh, Captain Ron's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. I forgot about Captain Ron for a second. That was really good, too. Yeah. And uh, Sky High. I loved him in Sky oh, High. Oh, man. Sky High was fantastic. If you guys have not seen Sky High, it's not, quote unquote, an action movie, I guess, necessarily. But no. it's, it's, it's really good. Check it out, especially if you have kids. Uh, it is a good introduction to kids for kids to, to superheroes yeah it's it's a family friendly superhero and i mean really family yeah. friendly not just marvel dc family friendly pg but yeah it keeps it, adults like me and dan entertained when we it's watch almost it. like a live action incredibles that kind of vibe to it very similar there's yeah. very similar storylines to it but yeah. so uh so watch that one if you have kids especially that want to get into it and uh also there's one called zoom eh, not mm. as good not as good but another, funny, but you know, another superhero kids thing you could yeah. out there. Anyway, let's get into soldier. Charlie. Uh, we were talking about the first, uh, we were talking offline about the first time we had seen this movie. And yeah. I was telling you, I don't remember the first time I saw soldier. It's one of those ones where I'm just like, I'm assuming I saw it either on HBO or I, I rented it or something. So I don't remember going to the theater and seeing it, but I also remember it's one of those ones about every year or so I'll be, flipping through movies and go, ooh, soldier, click. I've seen it a dozen times, but I can't tell you the first time I saw it. It's just yeah. one of those things where it's like soldiers in the back of my head. I know it's there, you know? Yeah. Um, tell me your first impressions uh, or first memories of seeing soldier. Okay. This is the main reason we picked this movie was we really like the nostalgia aspect of it. And it turns out a lot of our listeners like that too. So, Honestly, before we even picked this, I was trying to think of a movie that kind of had that same feeling that wasn't, you know, your run-of-the-mill Stallone or uh, Schwarzenegger movie. And I had put this movie in a couple weeks ago in the shop, and I still got goosebumps. I still got excited watching this movie. So I was like, you know, I called Dan up, and I'm like, hey, we're going to do this movie. You know, it's between this one and one other. I'm leaning heavy. He goes, what's your connection to it? And I told him. He goes, all right, let's do it. So this movie came out in 98, so I'd be 18 years old. Um, So we watched this when it came out on VHS, which would have been probably towards the tail end of 98, beginning of 99. That's just before I moved out of the house uh, to Ohio. So this was the last dude night movie me and my dad had before I moved out of the house. And that dude night was mom was in quilt guilds with my grandmother and some of my aunts. And it's like one or two Fridays a month would go to a quilt guild meeting. And those nights was dad and me making the greasiest, meatiest pizzas you've ever seen in your life um, in iron skillets and watching action movies. And the first one we ever did was when I was younger was uh, Rambo 2 and 3. We watched both of them straight through. So this is one I rented Soldier. We saw the trailers. Again, the trailer is what sold this movie to me. You were talking about the soundtrack kind of sucks for this one. Well, in the trailer, they play Rob Zombie. He's- yeah, yeah, it was much better. It's like when they did Gladiator, the trailer, they played um, Kid Rock, I think. Yeah, but they you, played but some of course, kind of it was modern. never in the movie. No. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm already like amped up because I'm like, this movie fits there. And it had Gary Busey. And I swear, even though dad never, I never know who dad's favorite, like, action star is but i feel like dad's always introduced me to a movie because it was gary Busey. yeah a predator 2 
uh, lethal weapon, um, uh, crap, uh, under siege, Gary Busey and dad loved those movies. So I was like, all right, we're going to watch soldier. And we watched this movie and here's the nostalgia part. Not just because it was probably the last movie I watched with dad before I moved out was my dad's very stoic. My dad doesn't show emotions a whole lot. Dan knows this. Dan knows dad pretty well. And dad also loves action movies, but doesn't, you know, it's not like me. You know, well, your dad, your dad does show one emotion and that's humor. Your dad has a great sense of humor. He laughs and smiles a lot. Dad, dad does do that. Uh, but as far as like quote movies or something, aside from, you know, your classic Arnold stuff, he doesn't really do that. No, no. This movie has my dad's absolute unequivocal favorite line in his entire life in this movie. And we have the clip. We're going to play it in just a second. But. The, the other thing that I was just mentioning earlier was we were going to come full circle back again on this year's birthday for my dad. My son and I were trying to figure out what to get dad for his birthday other than Monster Hunter on DVD. So we made a CNC plaque to hang up on his wall. And I made a skull with two wrenches as crossbones behind it. Obviously, you know, it's cool. I've got that in my van. It needed something. So... I'm going to have Dan play the clip, and then I'll tell you what I put on the thing. Burns, quick responses, better hand-eye, improved technical training. It's a whole different standard. My daddy was in maintenance, and he had a saying. He used to say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That is, to God's honest truth, my dad's favorite line in any movie. (laughs) he quotes that every year multiple times it he wants it on a t-shirt and i've decided that when we finally make t-shirts for the show one of them's gonna have that line on it and i put that on his birthday plaque i put it at the top if it ain't broke and then don't fix it at the bottom well also full disclosure your dad is a mechanic my dad's a mechanic well well, let's put it this way your dad's one part mechanic, one part MacGyver, one part evil genius mad scientist. In the event, because... <laughs> in the event of a post-apocalypse event, you want dad on your team. Yeah, because your dad has taken multiple trucks, vans, and other vehicles and bastardized them into <laughs> tow trucks, vans into trucks, trucks into vans. Um. Your dad is. He made a mechanical evil genius. He made a vehicle that GM never built, but should have. He made an Oldsmobile El Camino and he did it the right way. He didn't just put a different grill. He took three vehicles and made his vehicle, his vision. Uh, My dad's insane when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. And Um, and your dad now works for a particular state and they're uh, as a maintenance technician for vehicles. That's a truck mechanic for the vehicles in the state. Um, So of course he loves, if it ain't broke, don't fix it because there's so many times that we've said things to him and I, I will be first, the first person to disclose that you can build damn near anything. Yeah. Anything you can really think of, whether it's wood, metal, uh, Charlie can damn near build anything you need. So, and I'm pretty creative when it comes to harebrained schemes. 
Yeah. So there's times that you and I are working on something or building something, or we were doing an addition to the house down there or whatever. And your dad would walk up and look at us and go, what the hell are you two idiots doing it that way? If you blah, 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 and blank, blah, blank, it's just the same. And we went, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, it's like your dad has a way of looking at something a la Iron Man, breaking it down in his head and going, well, if you just do this and that, you're going to get the same results. You don't have to do all this other dicking around with, yeah. it, you know, kind of thing. So that makes a lot of sense that that's his favorite quote. It, it's this this is just dad's i can't watch this movie and not think of dad i don't know how many times i've gone over to his shop and he's got he's like me there's a there's a dvd player and a tv in his shop soldier will be on one time out of 10 times i visit at least and he loves that flipping scene he'll rewind it he'll back it up (laughs) and play it again and you know my dad i've never heard my dad say the word daddy because he talks about his dad as dad. You know, now he's got grandkids, so he's grandpa. So I don't even really say dad. I say Paul. But when he goes, my daddy, I'm like, I know what's coming. Dad's in one of those. I'm in Well, that, you know. it, it, it's very much like, what is it? Sons of Katie Elder? Or no, Big Jake. Is it Big Jake? Big With Jake. John Wayne. John Wayne. Where, where he's got his boy or whatever. He goes, you, call, you can call me. He said, you can call me dad. You can call me Jake. You can call me a son of a bitch. But if you call me daddy one more time, I'm going to knock you on your ass type of thing. Yeah. That's your dad's mentality when it comes to that. Yeah. My sister was the only thing, only person that could say daddy. So yeah, um, Yeah, of course, but that's, Um, that's my nostalgia thing to it. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's a huge, but that's a huge thing. And that's, that's the, that's the thing about these movies and, and our group and our podcast and stuff. We, we like these action movies. We like being able to, you know, watch, watch these heroes. Some movies, some of these movies held up great. Some of them didn't, but sure. the thing yeah. about these movies and, and, and I'll argue to the, to the end of the day, a lot of these movies are crap films, but <laughs> there's a difference between a movie and a film, you know, like gone with the wind is an epic film. Citizen Kane is an epic film. You know, um, RoboCop's a cool movie. You know, there's a difference between quote unquote film and quote unquote movie. Yeah, this I don't is my watch opinion, film, obviously. But these are these are good movies. Some of them are crap movies, but some of these are good movies. But it's not necessarily the movie that makes me go, "Oh, I want to watch this." Oh, I remember this. It's these memories that we've we've built with our families and friends. Uh, from years and years ago, uh, one of my favorite action movies of all time, which we haven't done yet, is the Indiana Jones trilogy. Yeah, that specifically the first and third one. Um, Temple of Doom was eh, whatever. Why but does everyone the, hate on Doom? I enjoyed Doom. It's just not as good. Um, uh, it's fine. It's <sighs> fine. It's just not as good as the other two. So the first one and the last one are brilliant. But not just are they good movies and stuff. It's the nostalgic feeling I have for them, for that, for the Indiana Jones character. And, you know, memories of watching them. That's how you are with this movie. It's a good movie. It's really interesting to watch. It's fun to watch. Kurt Russell does a great performance and has maybe 25 lines in the whole thing. 
Oh, I can tell you exactly how many words he says. Plus a growl. He says 104 words in this movie. That's it. And he does a fantastic job. Facial Um, expression, emotion through movement. And I don't, I know you watch this. We can go ahead and jump into this because I'm sure we're beating everybody over the head with the nostalgia part. But this is a good lead up into this because I wanted to bring this up because as many times as I've seen this movie, I, again, I've said it before. I always seem to find something else that I've almost missed, or maybe I saw before and I didn't remember. So he says 104 words in this movie and there, you know, it's like, okay, he's a soldier. He doesn't say a lot. He's engineered for that. The very first lines in the movie. Do you know what those lines are? Of his? No, the very first lines in Um, the movie. Is it the, the, is it the voiceover? There is a voiceover of, you know, because they're genetically engineering these kids and they're teaching them. So there's that that lady's voice. Yeah. Yeah. There's a voiceover while they're in class, basically saying something like, um, a soldier will not speak. A soldier will only speak when he's spoken to. A soldier will only speak when spoken to by a superior officer. Yeah. Yep. Okay. If you pay attention throughout this movie with that thought in your mind, Kurt Russell does not speak until someone that he would consider a superior officer speaks to him. Now, the the part where you got to think a little bit is when he ends up on the planet and the people are talking to him. Well, mm-hmm. he kind of looks at Mace, the husband, after a few days as almost like a superior officer. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, high so ranking he, in the, in the town. Right. So like Mace and even, um, uh, his Kendra, wife, Sandra, his wife, it's sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, that's yeah. He that's always, exactly how he refers to him. Yeah. So that's one. Once you realize that you're like, okay, he says 104 words and it's only because someone either asks him a direct question or is directly speaking to him is the only time he really now, it does change a little bit. Once the soldiers arrive on the planet and Mace dies, um, he starts talking more on his own. So it's like this transition of soldier to more of his own type of person towards mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Kind of like he's breaking that brainwashing a little at a time. He doesn't fully do it, but you can just, that humanity coming out of it. And the last I watched it with Jackie and I'll let Anthony watch it this time. There's really nothing in this movie that Anthony couldn't no. see. No, Jackie no, no, got no. kind of upset with me because I didn't tell her about the kid that gets shot off screen. Um, <laughs> and she's like, faster. that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> but I, once I, I, I listened to that lady's voice and I went, that's why he only says so many words. And then I paid attention. It's like, I really want to test my theory. And it was true. It was every time he is spoken to by someone of authority is when he speaks back until it's time for him to take charge and do what he does best. Then once he's the superior officer in that situation, he takes over kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the end, he's giving the orders to the the leftover, you know, the leftover men. Yeah. Um, I I thought it was kind of cool. I don't really watch these movies to get like really deep. 
but that's how deep this movie was there, to me there's there's a lot of depth to this movie and we can get into that uh when we come back in a second we can take a quick break here in a minute but this movie there's a lot there's a lot more to this movie than stoic soldier shoots bad guys yes a lot more to this movie and there's a lot of connections there's a lot of there's a tons and tons of easter eggs we're getting into and um i'll talk a little bit more about some of the depth that i saw in this movie and uh, maybe some of the connections in possible modern life and society as we know it now uh we're also of course do our rating system on it Mm -hmm. and um maybe do a remake casting we could probably do that and of course we will charlie as he's done the last couple has done the body count for it as well i've got the body count and this is going to be one that uh is kind of interesting because i've i've added a twist to it um (laughs) and there is also i'll leave a little bit of trivia before we go to the 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 break this movie is what's called a how do how i would pronounce this sidequel not a sequel not a prequel a sidequel yes it's connected to other universes yes and we will get into that when we get back everyone stick around thanks for listening to give me back my action movie the podcast and we'll be back in uh, about a minute or so everyone me again i just wanted to let you know real quick that i also co-host another podcast a weekly podcast called the noca news network i'm ricky i also co-host the noca news network podcast with you dan i know you snuck in here on this one didn't you yes i did everyone we appreciate everybody listening to give me back my action movies obviously but if you'd like to listen to news that no one cares about then check us out at noca news network ricky where can they find us we're on Spotify, we're on uh, Apple Music, we're or, or iTunes Podcasts, however that Whatever works. it's called. However that works. And you can check us out on Facebook as well, and you can always email us over at newsroom at nokanews.com, and uh, check us out over there. We're having that's, a good time, Ricky. That's true. We're posting the podcast to our YouTube channel, too, so if you'd rather watch it that way, it's over there. Just search Noka News Network. And, and enjoy the news that no one cares about. It's a good time. I promise. All right, and welcome back to Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. It is the soldier edition of the show. Charlie, this is, what episode is this again? Is this the eighth episode? This is episode eight. We, you know, folks, we decided to do this every other week, and... We were talking offline earlier in the week, trying to plan out a little bit more of the rest of the year kind of thing. Um, Just getting it over. Believe it or not, we do plan some of this stuff out, uh, (laughs) which is maybe hard for some people to believe. Uh, We've got some stuff in the works. We're pretty excited about um, about this. Uh, You know, started off as as a cool Facebook group, and then as an idea to podcast and it's building up as we go. And it really is. Yeah, it, it really, really is. It, it's coming together with some cool ideas, knowing when to implement those ideas and when to make it a legit thing is, is kind of the stuff that I went to broadcast school. This kind of stuff I'm okay with, 
Charlie loves these movies, that kind of stuff he's okay with. Yeah. Everything else is a cluster F. We, we, we're we kind of piecing it together and learning as we go. So it's oh, been yeah. kind of interesting, man. Yeah, we. Um, but I mean, we do have some pretty wild stuff in, in store. Some for some episodes. Um, just told yeah. Dan uh, this morning, actually, uh, I may be guest hosting on an upcoming podcast once I get more information yeah. uh been invited to go sit in on another show not sludgecast you know i we it's will amazing. be doing uh we will be doing a crossover with sludgecast though here very soon well it's amazing how many people out there reach out and uh we're able to make these connections in the community and that's like i said that's what the that's what this is about it's not about how many bullets john rambo can shoot or uh, how many people robocop can take down it's it's about it's about making some connections about when we were kids, when people were younger, your boy watching it, you know, the next yeah. generation and stuff like that. It's about the community that we're trying to build with this. That's, that's really the thing that makes this whole thing. Interesting. Well, I can watch what? these movies all day long, sit here and watch them. No big deal. But you know, Charlie and I have BS about movies like this for a long time. And now getting to see all of you guys get invested with us is, is, that's the fun part to me that that's that was the whole reason i created this it was it was every bit of just there have to be more than just me that enjoy these movies on the level i do and it's true i i love the community we have and seeing the same passion and then the new members that jump in and they'll start going back through the posts and they're reacting and uh, dude i get uh direct messages all the time from guys like man this is awesome i love the group hey man that show was fantastic um and these are from like peers uh i listen to a lot of other action movie podcasts <coughs> i'm not about gatekeeping there's no reason to gatekeep in anything if no. you if you have an action movie podcast i want to listen to it i want you to listen to mine because everyone has a different view on it and believe it or not it's a nice little group of guys even there it kind of feels like a close knit community that they're there to help or, you know, like, Hey, yeah, I really love that. Or man, I really want to, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. It's, it's fun. It really is. And we couldn't do it without everybody, you know, participating and listening and sharing. And I know we're devol you know, d diverting away from the movie again, but <laughs> this well, is what's the important part. The yeah, movie is, is fine, but this is important. Yeah, these these movies are a a vehicle and a gateway for us to reach uh, this community, and, and you know it's been awesome. Um, all right, let's let's get back to the movie proper then, I guess. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of these Easter eggs and what you meant about it being a cycle. It, it this movie is. It, in the Venn diagram of this franchise and this franchise universe and stuff, Soldier sits right in the middle of a few. There are a lot of references in this. There yeah. are a lot of Easter eggs yeah. in this. Charlie, you started off earlier saying that there was a connection. There was a little Easter egg from Executive Decision Yep. in this. Part Do of you the, want to yeah. throw that out there? part of the stealth fighter that they're flying in executive decision when they attach to the passenger jet um, is in the trash planet. 
Uh, it's a section of the, I forget what the actual call numbers on the jet were, but it was, it was the stealth jet that got ripped apart and Steven Seagal got sucked out in the middle of the air. When it was th- the, uh, the F one seventeen X Remora. Yeah. When you thought Steven Seagal was like the lead in the movie and he gets sucked out within like 15, 20 minutes in <laughs> and, and now Kurt Russell, the, the, uh, the intelligence guy is now the hero. Um, that's another good movie. That's one I think we should do too. Um, the, uh, some of the other things on the planet are the USS Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yes. A piece of the Lewis and Clark from event horizon, which was directed by, uh, Paul W S Anderson and a spinner from one of my favorites blade runner. And that now leads us into the side quote. Yes. Soldier is in the same universe and timeline as Blade Runner. Yes, it is. So parts of this, um, there are, there are little things meant and not meant in this movie that ties it into the Blade Runner. The premise of Soldier was actually based on, um, uh, a scene from Blade Runner that never got used. Basically, it was replicants getting dumped. Yeah. You know, so they used that whole getting dumped replicants theme with him getting dumped on the trash planet and stuff like that. Um, there's also some talk that the um, genetically engineered, the new soldiers that are there to replace Todd and them um, could be replicants. Yeah. So. There's a lot of those in there. There's actually a 2017 short film called uh, 2036 Nexus Dawn, mm-hmm. which is set in between the original Blade Runner and the 2017 sequel, Blade Runner 2049. And it talks about the Nexus 9 replicants being developed uh, in the year Soldier takes place. Yeah. Yeah. So well, there's a lot of that. Just so... This just so people don't think that these, this is just wild, like conjecture and theories. Uh, soldier was written by David Webb peoples. He wrote blade runner. Yeah. He wrote parts of soldier while he was filming blade runner. So he had like a, basically like a, a layout of what he would want. Cause I'm guessing he was expecting like this big world bid building movie, almost kind of like star Wars, you know, cause right, you got to think right. Lucas was like r- changing everything for writers and directors. Hey, you can create a world and people will love it. Well, again, Blade Runner did not do well in its initial release. People no. didn't know how to respond to it. The studio cut it to death. That's why there's a director's cut now that is far superior other than I think the only thing I didn't like about the directors because they mess with the voiceover um, from Deckard. I, I don't think they should have done that. Um, but this movie is a side sidequel. It's in the same universe, everything as Blade Runner, confirmed by the writer of Blade Runner and confirmed by Paul W.S. Anderson. The Yeah, so for those of you that don't think, look it up. I mean, look into this. And some of the other like Easter eggs in this that I thought were really pretty, pretty good. If you 
pause this stuff. And a lot of this stuff is on IMDb too. You can go look it up and stuff like that. So it's easier to find it. Yeah. But like some of the, one of the weapons that he's classified to use is the Illudium P36 ESM, which is the explosive space modulator. Explosive space modulator. <laughs> Uh, some of the other ones are the, where's this at? The USMC smart gun and the M41A pulse rifle, which yep. are both uh, references to aliens and the doom Mark four BFG, which stands for big effing gun gun. Uh, and that's of course from, from doom. Yeah. Um, this one section here, I'm going to read real quick. And I actually, I might read this in entirety cause it's kind of cool. His service record display on a computer screen includes the following. The battles of uh, Tannhauser Gate and Shoulder of Orion, which are references to Blade Runner. Receipt of the Pliskin Patch. Receipt of the O'Neill Ring Award, which is a reference to Stargate. Receipt of the Cash Medal of Honor. Thing on cash. Receipt of the McCready Cross, reference to the thing. Receipt of the Captain Ron Trophy. <laughs> That one cracks me up. Yep. The McCaffrey Fire Award, which again, you know, the action uh, drama uh, blockbuster backdraft. Yeah, the drama backdraft. The Dexter Riley Award, which is reference to uh, computer war tennis shoes. Now you see him, now you don't, some other things. And the citations for the Nimbian Moons campaign, the Antares Maelstrom War, and the War of Perdition's Flame. All locations referred to in Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan, which Khan was a genetically enhanced soldier as well in that. Yep. So I'm not, I mean, look, I'm not saying these are all connected necessarily, but there is quite a bit of connections. And all this is like on a computer screen for half a second in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You have to literally pause it and go frame by frame, but somebody did. And yeah. I love these little. Easter and thanks to I am if someone doing that throwing up on IMDb, we can do that for you guys. Uh, the other thing I, I noticed, and again, this is on IMDb too, but um, Kurt Russell's uh, the younger version of Todd in this is Kurt Russell's son Wyatt. Yeah. So if you look at him, you go, that looks just like Kurt Russell. Well, that's that's why it, because it, it is. It's a little baby Kurt Russell. Well, he's uh, <laughs> Wyatt Russell is relevant right now. You know oh, what? Yeah. Please, yeah. please, please elaborate. Well, you haven't caught up on this, but he is in Falcon and Winter Soldier. No, I still need to actually watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I need to watch WandaVision too, but I wasn't as pressed to watch that one necessarily as I am Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, he uh, he plays John Walker, the replacement to Captain America. That's who that is? That's who that is. That's oh. Kurt Russell's son. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. So keeping in the Disney family. Now that pretty Disney much, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. No, so all right. Uh, go ahead. What else you got? What do you got? What you got? I, well, I mean, you got all kinds of stuff. There's there's tons of Easter eggs in this, but I think we should like talk a little bit about the movie in itself. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so Kurt Russell, uh, this is when they started Project Adam, I think is what they called it. Yeah. And they started taking children from birth and training them. I guess they took them from their parents and just trained them outright. They don't really talk a, a lot about the world outside of 
what we see the microcosm no. of soldier in his life you you don't honestly you don't see anything of anything outside of the military till we get on the trash yeah. planet yeah um, so todd uh well he only think he has a name until he's a little bit older or whatever but they they show him at birth and then they show him their indoctrination into like charlie said a soldier is not doesn't speak till he's spoken to yeah they so, show all these scenes of what different ages it's horrific it is it's it's brainwashing it's yeah. complete brainwashing and training from an early age oh yeah it's um, before genetic engineering your option was to start from birth and make them think and act the way you want them to and yeah. if you were weak you were removed from the program um, yeah, yeah like you said uh the one boy couldn't keep up to the jog yeah, they're running and, uh, and he's lagging behind quite a ways and a freaking vehicle rolls right past him. You thought you think he's going to get run down. Then a dude comes out, pulls a gun, and then the camera cuts to young Kurt Russell and you hear a gunshot in the background. So it kind of tells you everything, you know, that happens if you don't if you don't be one of the best almost. But again, these are just the the frontline soldiers. The command yeah crew is still like characters like gary Busey, um and uh and um what sloan and later on we we colonel uh meekum meekum they you know they're still regular rare human beings grew up with of course their daddies and and everyone else you know uh meekum was from west point even as a matter of fact Mm -hmm. but these are the soldiers that were created to fight the wars for them they were the disposable weapons the disposable tools they yeah. show a scene even like between they show they show all the training growing up as a kid uh uh firearms training uh, uh dexterity training um desensitate desensitizing they as a child he watches a boar get annihilated by three dobermans yep and this is all to train them to do nothing but be a soldier be this and then they even show a scene uh, pretty much after a lot of the um, the scenes of him fighting between wars, they literally are all sitting on their cots in a line, staring straight ahead at nothing, like automatons, not moving. Yeah, there's like a sequence of wars. Everything that Dan just listed, they're showing little excerpts from these battles, and it's from battle to battle to battle. And Todd's usually right there at the forefront, and it literally says at the bottom of the screen between wars that that's exactly it there is no like camaraderie there's no uh joking around i pretty much it's work out do your duties you know even as far as like what they would consider in the military your chores uh and fight and sleep that's it because they they are still human yeah but they're as close to an automaton as they could get yeah no it's it, and it is kind of odd if you just watch this movie and you're like, why are, cause they obviously grew up. So you're looking at 20 to 30 year old, um, Kurt Russell, Gary Busey's obviously older. Some of the other commanding officers are probably same age. So it, you have to realize that this is probably just one trial, like experiment that they're running with these particular guys. Yeah, there's um, probably more units like this out there somewhere. Well, and I think that's where Meekum, who uh, is um, Jason Isaacs, which yeah. 
Jason Isaacs is a fantastic actor. I mean, he was in The Patriot. He was, you know, the opposite of Mel Gibson in that. Um, he's been in hundreds of movies, but I love him in, in this uh, one. Well, he was in Black Hawk Down, and he was uh, Lucius Malfoy, the, 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 the patron of the Malfoy family in the Harry Potter movies. I so, like I haven't the watched head, any of those. Yeah, he's like the head bad guy, I guess. The the kind of the head death eater. He he's a real jackass in this. And he keeps movie. saying it's words that I that I have no idea what any of that is. Yeah. So the rest of you that's seen Harry Potter movies, you know who he is. He's he's Malfoy's uh father in that. But anyway, I I love him as this pompous, sure of himself. He's the absolute best um officer uh and you know dad was in the military too so i think he had a pretty good connection to a character the character like gary Busey, and dealing with people like jason isaacs um and it's uh i think they're even called butter bars when they come into the military because they go through west point or training and they get to actually come into the military as an officer they mm-hmm. don't start out, you know, as an E1 or you know, whatever the lowest. Work their way up, yeah. And work their way up. And that's what dad always told me they were called was butter bar. So I always have that thought in my mind of Gary Busey looking at this guy like he's a butter bar. You know, he hasn't earned his stripes. And uh, that's kind of how he plays it in this, too. Uh, he never listens to the the wet, the battle-hardened Busey. Even though he's not really out there fighting, he's knowledgeable and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he has a little backwards way of looking at you know. Well, things. Busey's that old school. So that's what I like about this too. Is like Busey's the old school soldier. Even though he's not a frontline soldier, he's still an old school military. Yeah, trained fighting man that ra- raised up through the the standard normal, I guess you could say, ranks of the military, and he commands the older generation, the battle hardened veterans of this these these soldiers these genetically yeah. uh, uh um trained or the these trained from birth soldiers and honestly so, the superior of all of the military yes. probably soldiers yeah so, so you, i mean so you've got that on one hand and then like like you said Meekum comes in he's the new generation he's the new hotness he's the sharp new ferrari <laughs> the new and he and he brings in these new these new hotness soldiers I mean, they have them lined up across from each other when they're showing them off yeah. The old vets are in BDUs and short sleeve olive drab shirts standing there, combat boots, look like they've been through hell. The other guys are standing there in these slick BDUs, slick boots, and these black tank tops looking like, you know, we're the slick new hard ass guys. They're all buff. They're all, you know, Jason Scott oh. Lee plays the main oh my God. character of the new batch. He's Kane 607. Uh, Kurt Russell's Todd 3465. So that's their name and designation that they tattoo on their Dude, faces. Jason Scott is really Lee cool too. is, I, I loved everything he was in in the 90s and early 2000s. I, ever since I saw him in Dragon the Bruce Lee story where yep. he portrayed Bruce, I have been a Jason Scott Lee fan. That's probably the other reason I love this movie so much. You know, he was also in Back to the Future too. Was he one of the goons with yeah, uh, Whitey? Yeah. yeah yeah um and back on what you're saying how they look even the one female officer makes the comment going well they're pretty you know yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you know so um 
so you've got the old grizzled vets, you know, and like I said, Busey makes the comment, the whole, um, you know, maintenance comment again, that's that old school mentality of yeah. my daddy said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then here comes this hot shot with his brand new toys and tries to prove that they're better. Um, and you know, I like that dynamic in this movie. Yes. It's really cool to see like the, they weren't broke, you no. know, they could still function and they proved that by having a contest between the, between Kane and Todd. Yeah. And, um, Todd or Kane ends up getting the better, better hand of them in this, this situation of a run and, and, and straight combat. And that's where Todd, they, they assume that Todd is dead along with two of the other old school soldiers. And yeah. that's when they, uh, Meekum being the commanding officer says, this will be a training exercise dispose of these guys so we don't have to fill out the paperwork and all this other right. nonsense yeah and so that's how he ends up getting on the trash planet yeah they send him up the chains uh supposed to be todd versus kane and they was like that's unfair okay he goes send two more of your old crew and pretty awesome fight up on the chains i mean shot very well and kane over overtakes them one particular thing that happens though is Todd does get the upper hand briefly, and while Kane's fighting the other two, loses uh, sight of Todd. Todd goes above him, higher on the chains, and drops down and tries to choke hold him, and then grabs and rips out his eyeball on Kane. And Kane still knocks him down, and uh, the two other dead bodies are down on the bar. Bo- one dead body's on the floor, one's hanging from the chains, and Todd lands on a dead body. So that's kind of why he survives, kind of, you know, after being dumped, is he didn't land full force onto the ground. Um, but yeah, they dispose of the body, put him in a uh, trash ship, and apparently we put all our trash on other planets, like, you know, the human well, race we- would. That's what we do now is we just put them in different areas of the city that we don't have to live near. Oh, well, you wait till we start going to other planets. We will be shipping this stuff to Uranus. Well, of course, we're eventually screw everything else up. Like we've trashed this world too, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's how he ends up surviving it and getting now, you know, uh, found by, uh, <laughs> Michael Chickless in the crew, as I like to call them. Uh, uh uh, so there's a there's a group of stranded people yeah. on the planet. They had an issue with their ship. They ended up getting stranded on this trash planet. Uh, unfortunately, they don't have the uh, universal language of speaking TV to be able to get help from the robots living on the trash planet. Oh, that's another movie. Never mind. That's a totally that, different uh, movie. Yeah, that's Transformers. Um, so this is a different trash planet, not the one to be confused in Transformers the movie. Yeah, I, I think obvious thing is all connected. So I thought you were going with a totally different movie. No, remember Transformers the movie? They were on the trash planet, and that's where they found uh, the motorcycles that were all voiced by uh, Eric Idle from Monty I, Python. I do remember that, but I was going with. I guess my brain went aliens that use TV references, and it was um, what was it? The wasn't Flight of the Navigator. It was like the the aliens were ended up being children and uh, oh, uh explorers. explorers explorers and they talk 
because they've learned everything off of television shows. Television signals, yeah. yeah. That's where I went with that. So I went with, I went with Transformers. So. I did explore, so you know. Yeah, it, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, this group there, they they bring him in because he's injured. They find him, he's hurt. Yep. And they 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 bring him back. They nurse him back to health, but he can't reintegrate. He's having trouble reintegrating into back to what would you consider a civilized, normalized society with you know, mommies and daddies and children and parents and families and, and husbands and wives and everything. He can't, he's having trouble reintegrating into that because he never was exposed to it. No, this is all it's, it's, that's what's scary to him. It's, it's all foreign. So I guess what we should say too, is, um, his name is tattooed onto his face, his blood type, uh, everything and his rank. And then on his arm, is every battle he's ever been in. So while he is unconscious when they find him, they figure out he's a soldier. You know, it's, you know, they're they're yeah, talking they know like who he is. He, he's right. got he's got words written on him and he uh Mace explains to his wife, those are the names of battles. Um so he is a soldier. Yeah. And they so, know he's a sergeant, so they start they originally just call him sergeant. Yeah, they they start calling him sergeant. Um again, because he only responds as military style. Yes, sir. No, sir. Um, and that obviously the people are leery of him because no one's landed on this planet. in what they say, 11 or 12 years that they've like been that, stranded yeah. on there. Just the, the dumpers come and, and dump the trash. And yeah. And it's automated. There's nothing, you know, no live people on the dumping ships. So they're obviously leery, but also somewhat hopeful like okay someone showed up um not the someone they had hoped but uh they they try to you know he works on trying to integrate and that was another thing i was trying to figure out in the movie was the time frame as you're watching a movie you don't realize that sometimes it's been a month two months three months yeah yeah, so the one thing they do mention is that the dumpers come every like 30 days or so that's it. it and you do see one scene where they show multitude of ships coming and going and stuff to try to give you a semblance of time. Yeah. So I want to say it's probably like six months. I, I'm thinking so because that it, ballpark, it had to have taken him a while to heal. It yeah. had to have taken him a while to um, just kind of be involved. We even get a glimpse of what they have as what's Christmas. Yeah. You know, they have their own celebration there. And so trying to figure out that progression of time and how long they, it's not like he was only there for seven days and then they try to oust him because what happens is he is still tormented in his mind from how he was trained. Um, and the one person that kind of, Aside from Mace, again, I think he looked at Mace as a superior officer, as commanding mm-hmm. officer. Mace's wife is the caregiver. They have a son, Nathan, that I think he's the only one that really Todd had a connection to in the movie because his only memories of being a child, um, and there's a small child, and Nathan can't talk because he was bit by a snake that I'm guessing was dropped from the dumpers and th- th- thrived 
something yeah some kind of green venomous snake yeah because there's a lot of them towards the end of the movie so uh their son she makes the comment that their son had been bitten he almost died uh and that's why he doesn't talk so todd develops this connection with the child somewhat and uh i forgot her name sandra is Mm -hmm. just trying to peel back the layers you could tell she's a caregiver she cares about him and she probably has the most interaction with him and they even have a nice little talk because she's just really curious about how he was trained, why he is the way he is. Why? And I'm guessing, why aren't you like a normal soldier that everyone's probably used to seeing? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, cause he, he's helping them prep food. He's cutting carrots or carrot like vegetables. Yeah, they're cutting support. vegetables. And he cuts his finger, looks down, looks back up and just keeps going. He keeps it, going. She doesn't, notices doesn't and him. she tries to help and he pulls his hand back yeah. and it's fear. It's this insane amount of, uh, so, uh, very apprehensive, yeah. very apprehensive. So here's a clip from that fear. Fear. Fear and discipline. Always. That's yeah, so, it. She she asked him. She's like, "What do you do? You think of anything? Do you feel anything? Fear, fear, and discipline." Yeah, Always. we had we had to shorten that because they. It's actually a yeah, fairly sure. dramatic pause because he doesn't know how to answer the question. What I'm guessing is he's trying to put words to the feelings. Yeah. Look, no one's ever asked him. How do you feel? His mannerisms and everything that Kurt Russell does in this movie is phenomenal. Get past acting and words and script. At the end of this, as being kind of the maternal motherly figure, because there's really, there is no like sexual tension, even though he notices her as a woman, because I'm sure that form of a woman is not something he's used to. Sure. Because obviously he knows of women because there was a commanding officer that was a woman. Of course, but yeah, but, he, he, but he's never seen them in anything but uniforms yelling at him. Yes, yeah. but I also feel like she's more of a mother figure, or he's trying to figure out that. Well, she when he tells her that, she goes to hug him, and he is visibly shaking in fear. Yeah, Just, he, 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 he is tremoring. Exactly. He doesn't like, he doesn't go after, you know, he doesn't do anything. What's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't react violently or any kind of defensive stance. You could see that he is like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. You know, and it's, here's the thing about the movie. Here's the thing about the movie that I think of now when I watch this. Um, Here's the, the deep level that I see on it. Yeah. Is that. I have friends that were military. You have friends that yes. were our military. Yes. Uh, you have some connections where you're from with um, uh, veterans and veteran services of things. Yes. This to me, and I was not military, mind you, but uh, family members that are were. This is, they take you into the military and modern day, you still get to grow up as a regular kid and this and that or whatever. Yeah. But 
you know, for your time in the military, they train you in a certain way. And especially recently with as much combat as we've had in the world today, you bring some of these soldiers back and they have the same type of trouble integrating back into normalized society. Yes. This is of course an extreme version of that. And, um, you know, it, it is fictional account, obviously of all this, but it's what I kind of imagine a lot of this PTSDs and a lot of these issues that you would see. It's like, you know, and it, and it, like you were saying with dumping trash, there's an element of that too. It's like, well, we're tired of our regular people getting killed. So let's make people that that's their job. Their yes. job is to go out and kill and be killed. And when we're done, we, we let them sit on our cot. We let them rot. We, they're just tools. They're just devices to be used. And, and once they're outdated, we're coming up with a new one. Once that's outdated, we're coming up with a new one. When that's out there, yeah. they're not human beings anymore. They're freaking tools to be used just to go out and fight and kill and, and, and continue the bull crap that civil quote unquote civilized people create the mm-hmm. fights that, 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 um, uh, modern day governments start are never fought by the people that start them. They're fought by, you know, your brother and my sister and, and his cousin and his dad and his daughter and his son. And they're being sent out to take care of all these problems that other asses start. Well, what happens when they come back now? Now we have to help them reintegrate back into normalized society. This movie gives you a fictionalized view of what I assume is some of those issues coming back. If you go over and you're in a war zone and you watch your your best buddy's leg get blown off and your other best buddy not make it back, and you're the one has got to write a letter to their parents and all this stuff, you're not going to come back the same Jimmy down the street or the same no. Sarah that left the other day. You're not going to come up with the same person. Yep. Well, this is what we see in this movie in a fictionalized version is, hey, you went out, you took care of our trash force. Now we're just going to dump you on this other planet. And granted, they didn't dump him on there because they thought he was they thought he was dead. They, they were just getting rid of the hide the evidence kind of no, thing. No, but it was a broken it, weapon and they threw it away. Exactly. They had a they he's outdated, he doesn't work anymore. Get rid of him. Yeah. And I watch that now and think about modern society and where we're headed. And I mm-hmm. see these things and I go, damn it, man. How did in in ninety eight they made a fictional sci fi movie? And 20 some odd years later, we see it. We see elements of that. Now we see elements of that. We saw elements of that in the seventies with Vietnam. We see elements of that. Now we see all these, these things that have come to pass and it seems like no one bats an eye and thinks about it. No, it's been, it's been normalized. It's been been normalized. And um, I think that's another depth level to this movie that you can stop and think about and just go, holy crap, you know, you think about these things. Well, I, you I think even, about these things. You, you, haven't even <laughs> t- you haven't even touched on the part where, that gets him kicked out of the community, which goes yeah. right with what you're talking about. Yeah, is- that's the PTSD portions of it. He 
he has flashbacks. He yeah, so he's working out in this area. He's punching like a giant muffler or something. With it's just thing. a huge chunk of metal. Yeah, and he's his exercise is he wraps his fist and he beats it until he's bloodied hands, a la Rocky and hitting the meat. Um, and he's having all these flashbacks of not just training but of war. Yeah, every and everything he's always everything he's known has been horrific war, fights, violence, death. Everything he knows is that. So he's trying to fight all this stuff, and Michael Chiklis's character shows up because he saved him uh, from a windstorm on this planet, and he wants to give him the scarf he made him for Christmas. Yeah, he wanted well, to be he friends. Comes he comes up behind him and goes to like, go, hey, buddy. And when he does, he flips out, drowns around, grabs him, and almost kills him by holding him down and letting like, a, a grindstone kind of smash his head. Yeah. And this is seen by a lot of people, and that's when the community's like, look, we got nothing against him. We know he wasn't trying to kill this guy. We know it wasn't on purpose, but he's a weapon. He's a ticking time bomb yeah. in our community that we, we are not capable of handling. We don't know what to do. So instead let's throw him out with the trash. Well, they, wanna... they tell him we're not your enemy. We don't have a problem with you, but you, you can't be here with these families one other part to that was um it wasn't just that part with michael chiklis that they were already concerned and they were going to have a vote and uh mace and his wife obviously still were like he he needs help he's he's broken well we get we now start getting the the integration you know the the bond between him and the child nathan Right, right and um there Todd's in one of the rooms getting ready, doing something. And Nathan's there and a snake comes into the room. They make it very dramatic. Nathan is visibly scared, kind of sucks air, like doesn't know what to do. And, um, Todd throws him a boot and Nathan looks down at the boot and Todd has the other one in his hand and slams it on the ground, telling him, kill it. Kill the snake, hit the snake. Yeah, because that's and how he—that's how he was taught to deal with the problem. How he was taught. Kill it. Um, Nathan doesn't pick up the boot, and the snake lunges at Nathan within inches of his face, and Todd catches the snake, holds it, looks at it, and tosses it back into the corner, and instruct you know points at Nathan and go, go kill it. Uh, then all of a sudden a spike comes down, and Mace ends up killing the snake. Yeah, and kind of berates Todd for what he's doing. You could have killed Nathan. You know, that's not how we do things here. And so it turned Mace and Sandra also against Todd to vote him to, out. Yeah. To that point, they, they realize again, like they're not, they're not mad at him. No, they're, he's, they're mad at the situation, but it's like, he doesn't know any damn difference. He no. doesn't know, protect this child because as a child, he was taught, kill take care of it yourself be hard as a, a coffin yeah. nail survivor no any damn difference yeah so you know so they realize between that and the the checklist thing, they realize you he can't be here he can't it, it's not no. gonna work based on and, their their society that they've created themselves right. he doesn't fit exactly um, so and it's it's you see some real how oh man it's 
I mean, obviously he gets out of the, he gets out of the, the community. He's sitting like in an old, uh, fuselage, uh, by himself. And he, he cries. Yeah. And he, and he, he and doesn't and he, know what he, it is either. He touches no. his face. Like what is, yeah, what the hell's going it was on like here? A new, and I'm, you know, you got to think, obviously he knows what pain is. He's sure. been taught to ignore pain. He knows what, um, you know, trauma as far as that is. But he did not know, I guess we could say heartbreak. No, um, yeah, he didn't know the emotional pain. He knew physical pain, obviously, but he didn't know emotional pain. And, and he felt, you know, he felt closeness to people he did. for the first time ever. But he left with no argument. He just, I, I, I uh, always he, he took his orders. I liken this to the, the long walk in Judge Dredd, where yeah. you're sent out into the, uh, wasteland to bring justice yeah Yeah, the cursed earth to bring justice to the unjust i always get that kind of back and forth but so they've sent him we get the scene with him you know alone uh then we come into mason sandra's bedroom they're asleep in bed and a snake comes into the bedroom gets up onto the bed and is coming through the blankets and the sheets over mace's arm right to his face and did you, did you think the snake was like, I'm a snake, I'm a sneaky snake. Um, that's what I was thinking the whole time. No, but did you know that they were actually poisonous pit vipers they were using? Yeah. Hell no. No, uh, no, their, no, their, no. their mouths were stitched shut to keep them no. safe. Uh, double hell no. <laughs> so, but that's when you look at, cause it has the triangular head, which means venomous with yeah, a snake. Yeah, right. 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 Um, those aren't props. Those are actual snakes that were crawling on people and they were straight up deadly venomous snakes. Yeah. That's completely um, effed. That's, so that's the snakes are uh, about to strike on mace and, uh, you see a little hand grab the back of the snake, pull it. And you hear this bam, bam, thud, bam. Thud, thud, yeah, and, yeah. and mace wakes up and he sees his son, Nathan beating the hell out of this snake with a boot. And, Mace is just looking in amazement. And then he just has this revelation of holy crap. Todd was teaching like a survival skill and we are preventing him from ever being able to take care of himself. Almost Todd was teaching him how to survive. Yeah. He's like, we were wrong. Yeah. He's, he's wrong. He doesn't even go to the council. He straight up puts his clothes on and runs out because he figures Todd will stay next to the wire. There's like a guide wire because there's, windstorms on this planet it's windswept almost uninhabitable they've made their little community within the junk but it's a barren wasteland of a world mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so mace goes tells todd we're wrong we made a mistake you need to come back basically mace is like you can help us survive better you know we just need to learn how to integrate with you not you with us kind of a 50 50 kind of thing yeah and we would be remiss if we didn't say that mace was played by uh sean pertwee pertwee that's an i don't i don't know how to say Uh, yeah anyway he's a a uk actor um i guess he's coming from a pretty famous theatrical family over there but uh, a lot of our fans do we have fans can we call them fans let's we can call them fans i think so it feels weird to say fans um Anyway, he is known uh, from a few things. 
One of them is in the Gotham TV series. He was Alfred. Yeah. He was in Event Horizon, uh, an Equilibrium. If if you've ever seen that, Equilibrium. Uh, let me let me let me stop you right there. Equilibrium yeah. is the most batshit insane <laughs> gun kung fu movie that has Christian Bale in it. It is not a good movie, but for God's sakes, I think everyone should watch it and enjoy the insanity that is Equilibrium. Uh, it, it's, it's nuts. That's hilarious. Well, he was also in Alien Uprising, uh, and he was in, uh, and I'll just go on a little bit of a tangent, he was in a movie called Ultramarines, a Warhammer 40,000 movie <laughs> that was made in 2010. It's an animated film. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta sidebar here with you for just a second because this Ultramarines movie, it's one hour and sixteen minutes. I've never even seen the whole thing. I actually need to watch it all. Um, here's some of the cast from it, and it's all voices: John Hurt, Sean Pertwee, Donald Sumter, Johnny Harris, Ben Bishop, uh, and Chris Finney. Now, some of those names may not sound super familiar to you. But if you go back in and actually look at who some of these people are, you will be super amazed that they were able to get these people to do an animated feature about a tabletop war game. Just saying. Yeah. That's my side note for a second. Oh, you like uh, Warhammer. I Yeah, but I, I'm not a millionaire, so my stuff stays in a box. No, but he's, a, he's an excellent actor. He does a really good job in this as playing it it's a very fine line because he has to be weaker than Kurt Russell, obviously, but yet he is the strength of his family and community for the most part. Cause honestly, you don't really see anyone of authority except for like one or two other men. Uh, well, you get, um, the lady that pretty much runs the, she um, runs it, but I was talking of the men as far as stature and, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably the head, the head dude. That's kind of um, what I was like because you had like the prick kind of guy that was always in Todd's <laughs> face, and yeah. uh, I laugh every time later on in the scene where they're getting attacked and Todd's getting all the guns ready, and he's like, uh, "You need any help, partner?" And Kurt Russell just <laughs> stares that thousand yard stare at him till he leaves. Yeah, he's like, he's like, no, go the hell away from me uh <laughs> the woman in it is named uh brenda uh wheelie and she plays hawkins she kind of yeah. runs the community as a whole but mace is definitely like number two three yeah. maybe he's you can right tell that it's like a council setup uh -huh. almost like she's she's like the main figurehead the final say but it's still like a vote and a council and everyone has a say it's a it's a nice take on a small community of people given the circumstances to survive. Yeah. Um so Mace finds Todd and at that moment that he finds him we've kind of glazed over it um Busey and uh Isaacs uh, Colonel Meekum they are going on a patrol and it's supposed to be a super simple patrol of uninhabited uh planets and they're just supposed to do surveys. And that's what he's taking the new soldiers out. It's their first field test. He wants was, to 
see him in action. Yeah, he's got the old crew with him still too, but they've been relegated to um, grunts, and I don't mean military grunts. I mean no, like, they've they've been relegated to like civilian contractor status. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the uh, ditch diggers now. Basically, they don't yeah. get weapons. They don't. They're even told they're like, "Are we going to be issued weapons?" And they're like, "Only soldiers get weapons. You don't even have to salute anymore." Yeah, when they you do know? the battle, they're they're wanting to go out in the battle to help the others. And they're like, nope, you're not soldiers yeah. anymore. Yeah, you're that's garbage. A, that's also another little, you see the look on all their faces of, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? And what am I? Yeah. That, that, that defined their entire existence. That's who they were. And now right. they're nothing in their minds. Um, so that's why the soldiers end up on this planet is one of the planets they're supposed to survey. And Meekum is, you know, they ask him, what if we run into people or resistance? And he goes, they'll be uh, treated as hostiles and eliminated. Yeah. And even Busey, no to be here. Yeah, Busey's like, what if they're civilians? And he goes, not supposed to be there. Hostiles. So that gives you the whole thought, you know, how Meekum is. I don't care. These guys are going to go out there. And if they meet anything, they're going to kill it. Because I want to see how good they are. I want to see my test babies out there running around doing what they're do that they do best um so they do land uh mace makes an attempt to try and flag them down this is also one of that that instance where todd changes his demeanor of being a subservient soldier because mace is trying to flag him down and todd grabs his arm and Stop some with him. Yeah, come with he, me. he goes, you have to come with me. Yeah. That's he knows it. what it is. He knows. He knew right he, away. He, he doesn't know who's on the ship, but he knows it's a military ship and that they are going, if they find him, they're going to take him out. I'm sure it's a common thing that they have to do these surveys. So you would he even have to think patrols or whatever. Yeah. That he's probably done some before in the past, you know, that in between war kind mm -hmm. of jobs. So. They take off pretty quickly that they land and they have like uh, three, uh, two, the, the two crawlers, two crawlers, but three guys on foot, the flamethrower, oh, yeah. the minigun and the shotgun guy. Yeah. Um, so there's three on foot, two guys in the crawler. We see Jason Scott Lee has been remanded to a crawler because he's missing an eye. Um, uh, Mika makes a comment when he lost the eye saying, what good are you now? All you can do is walk out in front and take the first hit because you have no depth perception. And that's exactly how he's already looking at these new crew. We've put a ton of money. Do you know how much it costs to feed you, to train you, to breed you? And you screwed it all up by losing an eye. And now you're cannon fodder. Yeah. You know, so that's how they look at these people. You know, it's they're just a weapon to be pointed at and say, go. Um, so we have the two crawlers and the three-man fire team patrolling. They can, on their radars, can see Todd and Mace running away, and they pursue. You know, we've, we found people here. They radio back, and old Meekum's like, good. You, you'll eliminate them. Do what you got to do. And, uh, <coughs> and, Bu and Busey's even like, well, Busey's like, that's where, you know, they're just civilians. What are you doing? And he goes, I don't care. I'm in charge. You know, shut yeah. up. 
these guys are going to take them out and they start firing, you know, artillery at them, basically. They oh, they, rockets at they them. pound at the ground around them. And uh, uh, Mason's up losing a leg. Blows his and, leg off. And, and as, as, as Todd's trying to save him and, and turn him off the leg, he's like, look, I'm done, man. I'm, I'm losing too much blood. And he goes, yeah. he goes, what are they going to do? He goes, was that an accident? And Todd just looks at him and shakes his head. No, no. And at that point, that's when Mason's like, what about our community? What about Nathan? And then he dies. Yeah. His last words was Nathan, um, which I feel like is just that extra little nudge Todd needed. You can see had... the demeanor in Kurt Russell change from what, you know, what am I going to do? I don't know what, I don't know how to plant vegetables. I don't know how to do this. And then when all that happens and he, and he realizes they're going to try to eliminate Nathan and the rest of them. Todd's demeanor changes from uh oh to oh it's it's go time. Oh, he go he turns soldier. Yeah, we literally. Like, Are y'all ready for this? You know, he's he's ready to go at that he, point. He flipped the switch. He turned the hat backwards, a la you know over the top, and we get the soldier finally. Yeah. Um, and he works his way back. The people at the society have obviously can hear everything that's going on where they're not that far away and they are arming themselves. Cause they have like these put together guns, obviously from bits and bits and pieces <laughs> that they've got. And the leader lady is like, I'm going to go talk to them. Obviously we should be able to talk and if not be prepared to defend ourselves. And I always get a kick out of this. She comes up like the steps cause they're somewhat underground. And she sees the crawlers and the three guys that are just ready to obliterate everyone. And she's just, you can just see it in her face. Like, Oh no, she knew there was no talking. And And she, she she takes a rocket to the chest, rocket straight to the chest. She goes flying backwards and explosion happens. Everyone scatters. The fire team goes in and Todd finally makes it over there. Uh, eliminates the three-man fire team pretty easily. You know, yeah. he has to, they're spread it's, out. It's pretty awesome because he takes out like, okay, so the one guy had like, um, there was a flamer. Yeah, flamer. Uh, there was rocket. A, uh, like a minigun guy and a guy with a rocket and like small arms fire, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, like a shotgun it, too. Yeah, he takes out that guy first. And then as the rest of them are chasing down the civilians, it's great because the one comes around with the flame guy, the fl- well, the flamer. He comes around the yeah. corner and Todd's just standing because he's chasing the kids, um, uh, Sandra and the kids, and they're like ah ah ah, and then they finally he turns a corner and now they're standing there looking like oh oh it's your ass now yeah, and as he turned the corner, Todd's standing there with a rocket launcher and blasts this guy into the next month. That's and the then- largest rocket launcher I think I've ever seen. Nope. Nope. The largest rocket launcher was the quad rocket launcher from Commando. <laughs> no, this thing was bigger than the quad. I don't know, man. That, that big, that big boombox looking thing that Schwarzenegger had. This thing was like four feet long. It looked like uh, Dude, it was the, a space the, rocket launcher. What do you It looked for? like the the Super Nintendo bazooka toy. The bazooka blast. It was yeah. like steroided out. The, the Super Scope 6? That's it. And he yeah. hip fires it. It just, wow! He blasts these dudes, and he goes for the minigun guy. He shoots a propeller because they have like a lot of aircraft built yeah. 
to build the community. He hits a propeller, it flies, and impales this guy into the chest mm-hmm. on the ground and takes him out that way. Um, so he's now taking them out. So and, he's, he's taking out the three-man yeah. team, and the two guys in the crawler are radioing back saying, we are uh, experiencing resistance. Yeah, we're going to really get them. Yeah. And so he radios back, and and obviously Meekum's like freaking out like he lost three of his genetically superior guys to just some people on yeah, a planet. It, it, they think it's it, a military right. force that it's is superior like a military base. force because it's taken out three of these super soldiers. And uh, they're trying to figure out what to do because they're like, do we send out the rest of the men? And he's like, no. And then Busey kind of jumps in as the, you know, the obviously the more battle ready guy. And he yeah. goes, look, you don't send out any more men. You bring them back. We wait till night. We get loaded up on everything we own. We go out and we bombard them from distance. We yeah, just fact, turn it into dust. The best thing is Busey goes, he looks at him and goes, my daddy would say, when you <laughs> want to drive a nail into wood, you don't do anything fancy. You just pound the damn thing till it's in the wood. And yeah. another one of those, my daddy old school kind of, front porch swing kind of, uh, uh, theories. And, yeah, and so dad never get, took to that one. Like he did the other one. Yeah. <laughs> so they get ready to do that. But as they're doing that, Kurt Russell now has time to gear up and yeah, fight him with the equipment that he's now got. Yeah, He stripped the, the guys he's made himself up some like lighter armor. He's outfitted out the yin yang with guns and knives and, everything he's got the minigun now yeah um and he is preparing to obliterate and uh sandra watches him kind of get ready and she's you know obviously she's panicked because what's happened and she's only now realizing she's like mace didn't survive did he and todd just kind of looks at her you know with that he doesn't even say anything he's just that, you know, that yeah you know yeah, look. you know he didn't make it otherwise he'd be here look right and then she starts pleading with him like what are you going to do there's so many of them there's teach us to fight give us weapons and kurt russell's like you know no they're soldiers soldiers deserve soldiers mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna give them a fight that's what i do now Let, i'm gonna show you what i'm good at and she looks at him and she just goes what are you going to do? And we get this. What are you going to do? I'm going to kill them all, sir. Dude, I still get goosebumps every time I watch that scene. I'm going to kill them all, sir. I it, love it. It's great because it, it's a la commando style. He's doing the face makeup. Oh, yeah. He's got he's the black the stripes. already. And she's like, and he's like, how she's, she, she even goes, how many he goes 17? Yeah. Like each crawler had a complement of 10 troopers kind of thing. And he knows, cause this is the standard regiment type stuff that he knew for years and years. Yeah. So he's like 17 and she goes, you can't fight them all. What are you going to do? And he just looks at her dead face and goes, I'm going to kill them all, sir. Yeah. Just bad ass as hell. Like and it's the simplest it, answer I can give you. I'm yeah. going to kill them all. He's like, he's like, that's what, what else am I going to do? There's no other option. I'm going to kill them all. And 
he proceeds to kill them all. He does. <laughs> I mean, we won't break in, in, down a, in each. a multitude of ways. Um, some really cool, some really cool shots uh, in the water. There's some cool stuff. He goes Rambo. Um, he hides he in the shadows and stabs one dude in the eye. Uh, Super girl of warfare. He pops up out of the water with the minigun and obliterates. He then takes over a crawler and no one knows that he took it over because, you know, they, they're crawler one and crawler two and they're soldiers. They all kind of sound the same on the radio. So Jason Scott Lee is, and this whole time too, they have, they think he's dead. Yeah. They don't know who the hell they have no idea. It's him. They still think it's a regiment. They keep saying the sniper took out this many and this many. Uh, they don't know how many is out there. Um, the, flight crew of the old soldiers they've got them prepping a planet killer uh bomb because they're losing and they're like look we can just get everybody back and they're like screw that we're not getting everybody back yeah they went with the whole uh take off and blow it and bombard it from orbits the only way to be sure mentality and that's also the point where Busey's like had enough of jason isaac's shit and he's like "Uh, dude i've been waiting for this you're about to get and Freaking uh, Colonel uh, Meekum shoots Busey straight in the chest. He has a gun ready, just boom, dead. You know, just that's yeah. how little this guy respected him or anything. It's like, I will not put up with that. We're going to set off this bomb. We're going to leave. We're going to leave everyone that's left, even the men setting the bomb out, the older crew. Yeah, because they were just we're bugging out garbage. Yeah, they didn't care. He was ready and, to go. And so during all that, we have Kurt Russell in a crawler, working his way towards Jason Scott Lee's crawler. And Jason Scott Lee keeps going, uh, crawler two, you're on a collision course with me. Correct nine, go to the other side and start shooting. And you know Kurt Russell keeps going affirmative, doesn't change course. And this keeps happening over like you know three or four minutes to where he's like ready to ram into him and uh you know it's like crawler two you are on a straight on collision course you're about to hit me and, and these crawls are the size of these giant earth moving uh like <laughs> dump trucks you see in quarries they're huge and the second he goes you're about to hit me kurt russell goes affirmative and blasts right into the side of jason scott lee's vehicle so we get this spectacular crash they both get out and we obviously have to get like the final fight it comes right. back down from the beginning of Todd versus Kane to Todd versus Kane again. And they both see each other and look at each other and go, all right, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Let's, They're like, let's oh, it's again. you. Let's roll let's, again. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. And awesome fight scene in the rain, uh, giving each other hell, pretty evenly matched. Um, Here's the thing I love about this, too, because obviously Kurt Russell at the end gets the upper hand on, on Kane. Yeah. And he... He gets above him and he's got him like in a in a a, a chokehold, a, a a a headlock type of thing. Mm-hmm. And he he does the classic eighties uh, nineties uh, neck snap. Yeah, the neck break. Yeah, snaps it, but then gently lays him down into the, you know lays him down. Doesn't yeah. just drop him. He gently because he's like a soldier deserves a soldier. That was a soldier's death. He puts him down on it because he he doesn't have the animosity towards him like. It's you're following orders. Yeah, he doesn't hate you. He doesn't but I hate have to him. kill you. My so mission he, is to protect the people. Right. So your mission is to kill the people. This, he puts him down in this pool and he goes on and he 
he as like you said as Mecham and what's left of this flight crew are getting ready to take off and this crew's out there with the bomb um uh Todd gets the the refugees the 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 rest of the uh encampment that are the still community. alive yeah and goes to this the ship <laughs> because obviously he can fly and he's a sergeant he's been trained at all this stuff yeah and he goes to get the ship he's like well we're going to get the hell out of here and um it's great because he gets there and the old crew are back on the ship at this point, basically. Mm -hmm. And they grab Meekum and the flight crew and they're dragging them off the ship because they've been ordered by Todd. Todd's run into him and told him like, this is what's going on. And they're like, yes, sir, Sergeant, we got, you know, they go to follow their orders. And as Meekum's like, get off me, you piece of crap, you son of a bitches that I'm your commanding officer, blah, 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 blah. They're not saying anything. They're just dragging him off the ship. And then the door opens and Todd's standing there. And he looks at him and he goes, it's you. And he, he starts to whimper and cry and, and pees down his leg. He pees himself. And Todd just looks at him and steps out of the way and they throw him off the ship. Yeah. All of the commanding officers got kicked off. Yeah. Even Todd's original commanding officers, the woman and the, the bald headed guy. Yeah. They get pitched. They, they are left out there. They load up the refugees, the, the, the old soldiers mm-hmm. are all on board and they take off. Um, then there's a funny little scene where they're trying to defuse the bomb and they can't remember <laughs> the code. She goes, it's, is it six, seven, nine or nine, seven. And Meekum pushes her out of the way and says, let me do it. Hits the two wrong buttons and blows yeah, that, the planet up it. and, so, uh, uh, they take yeah. off, um, <laughs> they're, and then a nice little ending. I I kind of like that kind of capped the movie off is Todd is now in the commanding officer. So he's telling the guys, this is also again, where Todd is now speaking without first being spoken to. Yeah. He's telling he's now, them he's in charge. He's the commanding officer. Yeah. We're, we're going to the Trinity moon. So he's giving an order that we're taking these people where they need to go. And Nathan's on the bridge and looks up at him and puts his arms up. And Todd reaches down, picks him up holding him turns around looks at the other guy and the other guy's just looking at him like what the hell am i seeing what are you doing what are you doing and todd just kind of doesn't even really do anything but you almost feel like he's given that little shrug the Mm -hmm. most subtle little eh, it's my kid you know that kind of look and And he walks away and the rest of the soldiers are like well this is what we're doing now let's let's get it done we've got our orders and the movie ends and I love this movie. I love it. Everyone needs to watch it. This is probably easily a top 10 movie for me. I love soldier. That that is soldier. That's, that's our version of soldier. Let me ask you a couple questions. Now let's, let's, let's go into some segment stuff here. All right. If you could recast soldier on the fly, Mm. we never talk about this. We just kind of do it on the fly. I know. Yeah. Recast soldier. Who is Todd? Um, I'm going to steal from you last week. Tom mm-hmm. Hardy. Okay. I think All he right. could pull that because of what he did in Mad Max. Very uh-huh. little talking, but he's able to get emotion. Almost animalistic uh, kind of demeanor. Okay. I feel like he's kind of done it already, so I think it fits. And he also has the build. Um, okay. he's not that super steroided out, but buff, you know, fit kind of guy. 
Okay, who do you got as Kane? Ooh, Kane. Because I got one. Oh, man. Um, I could... I could see, like, Scott Adkins from... Uh, I know Scott Adkins. Most people are like, who is Scott Adkins? He is probably one of the top-rated martial art actors right now in movies. Uh, he was in Expendables 2. He was the acolyte to Jean-Claude Van Damme. He was one of the gladiators in Unleashed that fought Jet Li uh, okay. when they're fighting in the pit. Sure. Um, I feel like he could do it, but I'm also like Michael Jai White just has that menacing impending size and stature to him. I tell you what, I kind of, what I'm thinking Mm -hmm. for Todd, I want Michael B. Jordan. Okay. From Creed. I can see that. And and, uh, um, Black Panther. Yeah. I'm thinking for Kane, and this will be kind of a weird one, but I'm thinking the WWE wrestler um Seamus. I know Seamus. Yeah. Okay, he was in, he was in the Ninja Turtle remake. Yeah. He was Bebop or Rock Teddy one of the two. Well, he was Rock Steady. Rock Steady? Because he yeah, doesn't have he, was he, rock steady. Really, he doesn't have to act a whole lot. He just kind of No, there's no talking, and, no nothing. Do your, do your thing. Honestly, uh, I th- I think ten years ago Batista would have made a great cane. Yeah. He's, I don't know, a little, yeah, yeah. Batista in his heyday wasn't as thick and bulky as he is as Drax. He was a little more slimmer. You haven't watched, um, you haven't watched Spectre, have you? The latest 007. No, No, I'm behind still. He's the, he's like the Bond villain, but not the main one. You know, kind of like the odd job or the Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hinchy, the main Hinchy. Yeah. He, almost doesn't talk at all the entire okay. movie and he's just this force of nature going after he's like Bond. jaws or odd job for sure yeah yeah okay. so that's why i say i don't know if okay. i could see him now i'm also saying that about michael jai white but that dude's still cut and ripped and can probably jump kick my head off still, still do it yeah uh who are you gonna put as meekum meekum so i want somebody that is can play that almost slimy. Oh man, you really catching me off guard on that one. Who do you think? I know. Um, ooh, um, see, you watch more movies than I do, generally speaking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd see. Meekum, I need someone who's a real scumbag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I have to think about it. For this is where this is where maybe we should plan this out ahead, so we, we don't have we dead might air. Need to. Like Mace, <laughs> Mace though. I like. I want someone like uh, Pertwee in it. I want someone like um, maybe even an older actor to do. Well, there's that. nothing wrong with that being an older actor at all. No, it could be someone like um, um, like Bruce Willis, even someone who's older, looks a little more haggard out. Like he's still there, but not like, like we saw him in equalizer and he's like, you're not tough anymore. You're just an old dude with a pistol at this point. Equalizer was, uh, or not equalized. Um, um, what's the one we saw that he was in? Um, Oh, um, Bronson kind of ish remake. God, why did you say that? Um, I can't think of the name of it right now. 
So yeah, that, it's no. it's the remake of uh, Charles Bronson. Yeah. Anyway, in that one, he was just an old dude with a pistol. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't I don't. Like he was badass. I don't um, think you can have a name like that be that character. I almost like okay, that so, subdued. So Meekum, let's get uh, the guy who played Vision. Um, oh, Paul Bettany. Yeah, he could. I could see. I could see Paul a, Bettany playing that. He could be a snooty uh, uh, turd. Yeah. Right. Um, Busey can be anyone that's kind of half crazy. Yeah, Jake Busey. <laughs> that would be. Yeah, there is no reason yeah. not to just let Jake Busey do this. That would be pretty funny. Anytime yeah. you remake uh, a a movie that Gary Busey was in, Jake Busey has to be the guy that plays the Gary Busey character. I think he's done that in a movie, and I can't think of what it is right now. Um, pretty good, actually. Yeah. He was uh, Jake Busey was in uh, Roadhouse Two. <laughs> oh, don't 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 watch that. Movie. No, just don't. It was don't do terrible. It, Pete. Pete, it, was, don't do it. it was terrible. Um. <laughs> all right. So that's our stumble through that. Yeah, we're gonna have to plan out without yeah, that. I think. I, I think we I need like to prep. Like, I kind of like doing it on the fly, but then we just sound like a bunch of bumbling idiots when we. Well, we we start doing that. What movie was that guy? Hey, you know what's his name? He was with this guy and this guy and this guy. So exactly. Yeah, but uh, right. so we'll All keep right. working well, on that. We'll get we'll get we're, better. We'll we'll work on that for you. All right, Charlie, uh, get out your pen and paper. It's time for the body count. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Charlie didn't know that his mic was going to cut in when I, I did that bit. All right, Charlie. Yeah, that's me. Well, he was in the body count. Charlie, what is the body count of this particular film, sir? Okay, so I've got I've got two numbers. Actually, more than two, but um, the Todd kills. The people that Todd kills in this movie is 38. Okay. There are 15 non-Todd kills, which is pretty much the other uh, soldiers and Kane, uh-huh. and also counting leaving the three officers on the planet when it blows up. So here's the other little tidbit on the body count that I found that I thought was funny, and I added it all up. They had a list from the movie of the official and unofficial kills that Todd has had in his service record. Oh, geez. So okay. I added up every one that they found in the little uh, pause scenes. Uh-huh. 1,057 service kills for Todd. Yeah. So right. Todd, so there is a total of 1,000. 95 kills and only 15 of those are not by Todd. <laughs> well, um, your numbers are off by one. The How kid that couldn't keep up. The kid that can't keep up at the at the at the Oh, that one's counted. Nice. That Good one man. is counted. I like the fact that you uh you 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 went all the way to the end there. That's good. I mean, I almost counted the kid that kid Todd beat the crap out of, but we're not guaranteed that he died. So we don't know for sure. Um, but I found they literally list out like, <laughs> Hey, they had all his medals. I remember they that. listed remember that out his report. service part and there's official and unofficial kills. So that's this movie's body count. Nice. Charlie, just for you and the old man, 
By the way, I've never had one of the old man's world famous pizzas. I've had the the old man's dad burgers. I've yeah. never had one of the pizzas. The dad burgers are basically a meatloaf on a bun. Essentially. Um but the the dad pizzas are the biggest cast iron skillets that we can have. Deep dish crust that dad uh uses the powder and mixes it up himself. Uh-huh. Adds he adds like Italian seasonings into it. And literally going into the freezer and pulling out every possible piece of meat sausage that is ground ground sausage sausage links hamburger bacon ham if it chicken if it was an animal that breathed and we killed it it's on the pizza well i'm sure you need to get up here because i'm sure he's missing those bahama mamas at this point with our our supplies dwindling I actually, I actually made some yesterday and he grilled some the other night. So he did ask, he goes, when's your next Ohio trip? I'm like, I don't know, but I am running low. I may have to send some down. (laughs) Might have to do that. This is for you and him. One more time. My daddy was in maintenance and he had a saying. He used to say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) I still have a giant grin on my face. I I love that. one. God, that's just my favorite. All right, well, let's let's wind this episode down. This is a long episode today. This is our longest one to date so far. Yep. Let's let's go ahead and wind this one down. All right. All right. We got to do Allianz. We do got to do Allianz. Whoa, let me let me let me back up and punt here. How did I almost forget that? Man, you're trying to cut out Al. No, I'm sorry, Al. He's probably gonna knock on my door in a minute here and kick the crap out of me. I'm actively working on trying to get him into the group. I know we're trying to get Al around here. Um, all right, Charlie, I don't know who went last week first. It doesn't matter. Why don't you, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go yeah, first. On this. Yeah. This movie, uh, I believe the acting in this movie is, is really good. I think that there is some deeper story and deeper meaning to this movie. Not just, I'm going to shoot a thousand plus people. Um, I like the fact that it is a connection to Blade Runner, which I really enjoy. Uh, I like the fact that he could use the aluminum space uh, modulator to destroy the Earth, uh, like Marvin space the Martian. Space modulator. Mm. Um, I like this movie, man. Like I said, I don't remember when I first saw it. I just remember it's always kind of there. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that Kurt Russell was great in Tombstone. Uh, he was great in Tango and Cash. Stargate, I love the uh action blockbuster that is backdraft and this movie i'm going to give a solid four and a half alleyongs nice nice yeah it's solid it's a solid flick so i i've pretty much told everyone everything i love about this movie throughout this entire episode so i'm is there not anything about this movie you don't like um i'm trying to think no, uh, yeah. there's really nothing that I went, Ooh, why'd they do that? Um, and, you know, I, I based my four and a half off of movies that are similar. Mm-hmm. There's still one. There's, there's one or two in my head that are still above this one. I agree. And that's why I get a four and a half. Um, knee jerk reaction. When I factor in nostalgia and the connection with my dad in this i originally was thinking five alleyongs but watching it a couple times this week and actually just watching it and analyzing it if i take that out 
I'm at four and a half Alleyongs. This okay. is a super yeah. strong movie. It's definitely probably in my top 10. Um, this is a solid four and a half, definitely high, high stamp of approval. Everyone should watch soldier. I love yeah. it. Again, this is, I like this one. It's not the typical, um, Arnold type of action movie from the eighties with the big explosions that yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't hurt him. It, you know, he gets the crap kicked out of him. There's a lot more of a real man. He's still a human being. He's not a super soldier. He's not cap. You know, he still can take a whooping. Uh, I like those movies better. I, I just, mm-hmm. I end up liking those movies better. And that's how I feel about this one. There's nothing I can think of that I don't like about it. No. Um, I, I think mean, it's a I, solid four and a half. You definitely see it. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. One thing I do when I watch these movies and it, it bugs me a little bit that other movie review shows do this and they're like, all the special effects didn't hold up. All they were terrible. This was 1998. I think for what they had, the budget they had, the special effects in this movie were fantastic. And to me, he had $40 million to spend on it because 20 of it went to Kurt. Yeah. 20 went to Kurt. But I feel like even now, because it's a lot of miniature work, there is some computer CG. They're on a set, obviously, but the set design is gorgeous. I this, think so. I thought they did a fantastic job with the the setting of this movie and the special effects. So, yeah, I, this one still ranks really high for me. Four and a half. It still gets talked about. So even though it didn't do great when it came out, it's working higher and higher to the cult status. I mean, IMDb has it rated 6.1 out of 10. That's not bad for a movie that only did 14,000 worldwide on its release. I'm trying to, I'm trying to wonder, uh, I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure out why it didn't do so well. I thought it was a pretty decent flick. So that's why I'm like, what? There are so, what is it that did it? you know, killed it. There's so many factors. It could have been improperly promoted. Um, it could have been the wrong time of year. I don't know what it came out against at 1998. Um, it came out in October of 1998. It looks like. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was up against. Um, theatrically. Well, but, uh, no, it's this movie just, I think sometimes these movies are ahead of their time and it takes time for audiences to appreciate it. I think this one really took off in rental too. Um, when the rentals came out, obviously it's when I watched it. I didn't watch it in theater. Um, <laughs> what's up? Okay. So it looks like the, po- let's see here. Let me get a movie movie. If you go to movie phone, you can look it up. Uh, 1988 October, you had Mortal Kombat Terminator. I don't know what that is. Uh, Life is Beautiful, Bride of Chucky, Lion King 2, American History X, Ants. 98? Yeah. Ants probably dominated the thing because kids' movies always dominate, you know, the box office. But Soldier, uh, What Dreams May Come another some type of mortal Kombat thing i don't i think it's straight to dvd probably vampires and night at the roxbury were some of the big ones 
Well, also um, 98, if I remember right, is also, wasn't that uh, Godzilla? The American uh, let me Godzilla? Look, let, me look at, let me keep looking here. Uh, it wasn't in October, what, but I think it was 98. It might have been. Pleasantville, Phantasm, I don't know, Oblivion, whichever one that one is. Cats. Um, I can't imagine most of these went to theater. That sounds Rushmore, a lot of like. Rushmore. I remember Rushmore. Holy Man with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Halloween, <laughs> Halloween Town. I know that one. Yeah. Uh, still Crazy. Strange Land. I remember Strange Land. Um, best of the Best Four. <laughs> That's a straight to DVD. Uh, I'm trying to see some of these other ones that I remember being out. Waking Ned Divine, but I mean, no one's going to see that instead of the people that are going to go see that one are not going to go see Soldier, probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see. I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't have made more money than it did. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm still looking here at some other movies going, no, 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 don't know about that one. I don't know why that would have made uh, been a big deal. I mean, there's, like I said, there's so many factors. It could have, how many theaters did it actually get distributed to? You yeah, know, I don't it, know, it's crazy. Anyway, the movie's better than what the ratings yeah show than what its box office did it absolutely it's a solid kurt russell action movie i highly recommend it all right as we close out today's episode we first and foremost want to thank all of the listeners out there all of the commenters all of the posters everyone involved at the um the, the facebook group where we, we we love all the interaction from you guys we want to thank you guys for keeping us going. We want to thank you guys for um, interacting with us and, and letting us know that you listen to the show, that we're not just, you know, spouting for a couple hours every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we really do appreciate it. We also want to give our shout outs to our friends over at Sludgecast. We want to say thanks to those guys. Yep. Uh, we are, like Charlie said, working on maybe doing something with them in the near future. We want to give a shout out to the Ultimate Action Movie Club over at ultimateactionmovies.com. We want to talk to Pete and the folks over at Good Beer, Bad Movie. Check them out. They are getting ready to do uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. Uh, Poster Smash. Check the stuff out on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. And we also want to let everyone know to please subscribe, comment on uh, either Podbean, review on iTunes. I guess iTunes changed up their podcast stuff. I don't know what the hell iTunes is doing We anymore. don't know. Podbean's probably the best way to send reviews yeah, to us. I mean, try to... Sh- the biggest thing, though, we ask you guys is make sure that you share, 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 share the show. Share people. Tell people about it. Let's grow this community that we have. You can check out uh, mostly Charlie on Instagram, who pretty much runs that for us. Yep. You can always send us an email at, do it along with me, Pete, G-M-B-M-A-M-P-O-D at gmail.com. And we want to give a special thank you and shout out to the Mountain Empire Comics stores in Johnson City, Tennessee and Bristol, Tennessee. Check them out on Facebook um, if you want any comics. That's about it, man. Uh, this is the longest episode that we've done. We yeah. are right around two hours for this one. Whew. 
I'm tired. Well, to all the people that were like, we want longer ones. Here you go. Yeah, you got a longer one. To everyone else, we'll understand if it takes you two days to listen to us. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hey, again, interact with us. You know, we don't know if we're doing well until you tell us that we're doing well. We don't know that we're doing poorly unless you tell us we're doing poorly. So, uh, like I said, keep interacting with us. All all input is useful input. Beyond that, I got nothing else for you for a couple of weeks. Charlie, you got anything else? I'll be back. I knew you'd say that.